Hi, listeners. Even though I am very reluctant to call this an advice show, I suppose that that is what it is. And one thing I've been thinking about lately is the advice we give ourselves, especially those little things we repeat internally to ourselves day after day. Um, I mean, sometimes they can be negative, sometimes positive, but those words that we repeat silently in our heads really are miniature pieces of advice we're giving ourselves. For example, one of my favorite mantras to tell myself is use it or lose it. And um, it actually came from a moment when I was at this old friend of mine's apartment building and he and I were coming back uh, from lunch one day, uh, going up to his floor, and his neighbor, this woman in her 90s, her name was Flo, um, <laughs> she was she walked past us as we were waiting for the elevator. She walked past us and just bolted up the stairs of the building, and she said, use it or lose it. <laughs> and... It could have been one of those tiny little moments in my life that I didn't think much about, but it made such an impact. And I have started not only taking the stairs, whether it's up the stairs or down the stairs, whenever I can or I have time to, but I've been using that use it or lose it phrase when I think about anything in my life, and it's use it or lose it with relationships, use it or lose it with your health, use it or lose it with your creativity, anything that you do not use. Similarly to a muscle, you will lose it. And um, I don't know, I just wanted to share that. And I'm curious, what's your little piece of advice that you tell yourself? Let me know at don'tasktig.org. The ultimate trickster, joker, comedian is who? Uh, God. Oh, God. God gets the joke. God. She gets the joke. Goofy, goofy old God. Goofy old goddess, yes. Goofy old goddess. Goofy goddess is the womb of creation. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro. And for those still asking, to quote a certain author, if you live the questions, life will move you into answers. My guest today is none other than the person I just quoted, best-selling author, physician, and a close collaborator with Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra. Welcome to Don't Ask Tig. Thanks. Very happy to join you. I'm very happy to have you. Now, you have many titles, new age figure, spiritual teacher, guru, wellness entrepreneur. I imagine you welcome some of those, but not all. Is there a title you identify with most? 
Actually, I don't believe in titles. These titles have all been given to me. Mm-hmm. If I may have your indulgence, I'd like to quote Rumi, my favorite poet of all time. He said, he labeled me, define me, and you will starve yourself of yourself. Nail me down in a coffin with cold words, and that will be your own coffin, because I don't know who I am. I'm your own voice echoing off the walls of God. So as soon as we define ourselves and have a title, we limit ourselves. And I'd rather not have any title other than I'm trying to still figure out what I'll do when I grow up. And I'm 75 years old. Oh, wow. And you're feeling good? I have never felt this good even at the age of 30. That's incredible. I know I turned 50 this year and I feel better than ever. And I, I, I connect with that as well, what you're saying as far as titles, because people are always asking, what's my comedy like? And, you know, am I a female comedian, a gay comedian? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm always just like, uh, <laughs> you tell me, you call me whatever you want to call me. Yeah, all provisional identities. Yeah. And they reflect actually the person who asked the question <laughs> more than anybody else. Right. So you've written nearly 100 books. That's insane. 94 or something like that. I'm no mathematician, but it's inching up on 100, including a series called Ask Deepak, which means we're kind of opposites. You know, this show is Don't Ask Tig. So apparently you enjoy answering people's questions. I enjoy pointing them to the right direction, but the answers are never from me. The answers, I guide them to find the answers themselves in their own consciousness or in their own awareness. So I engage people in reflection, inquiry, mindfulness, meditation, and whatever answer they get in that process is the right answer for them at that moment, although it can be a signpost. Is there any type of questions you enjoy guiding people on more than others? Yeah, I address existential dilemmas and also basically questions about meaning of existence and uh, what makes a joyful body, a loving heart, a clear mind, lightness of being, lightness of spirit. Uh, Also, if we have a calling, how do we pursue it? So those are the kind of questions I like to reflect on because that's what I reflect on myself. And is there any common reflections that come back within those topics that you can share? Yeah, you know, I come from a very um, long tradition of uh, Eastern spirituality. Mm -hmm. And in... In my tradition, there are four phases of life, and they are called ashramas. Ashram means place to rest. And so the first 25 years is about education and knowledge. The second 25 years uh, is about fame and fortune. You now entered the third ashram, which is about giving back to the world. And the fourth Mm -hmm. is actually discovering who you really are beyond your body and mind and experience of the world. So I've entered my fourth um, phase of life, which is supposed to be 75 up to 100. I hope I'll finish the 100 books by then. 
But um, actually, those are the questions I get asked. The first, you know, people saw those four demographics. First is about education and knowledge. The second is about success and achievement. The third is about a higher calling. And the fourth is about self-realization. And those are the questions I enjoy answering because they cover the gamut of experience through life. Now, what do the people like myself do if we plan on living past 100? What is that portion of life? And what do you do then? I will be very happy to send you a link to something called uh, the longevity experiment that uh, we have just embarked on. It's a long-term experiment on longevity using both uh, Western techniques, understanding how stem cells work, the role of inflammation, the role of adaptogens, but also understanding how consciousness works, because ultimately the body, the mind, and the experience of the world is a modified form of our own consciousness. So, This is a very ambitious experiment, which we're doing free of charge to those who want just the knowledge. Then for some, we are also doing webinars. We're also inviting people to where we have our foundation office in Lake Nona and Orlando, where we work with the University of Central Florida. And we're going to have a group of researchers that will be actually doing biometrics, you know, everything from bone density to body temperature regulation to skin thickness, amount of wrinkles, but also things like telomerase, inflammatory markers, gene expression. Sign me up. We'll sign you up anytime. Yeah, I would absolutely love it. I'm telling you, you're speaking my language. Perfect. Now, obviously, you're such an inspiring inspiring human being and and you've you, your goal has been to inspire 1 billion people how far are you into that goal if i look at just my social media right now uh-huh. it's not beyond 15 million um that are active oh so i have a long way to go Deep but I, yes. I don't mind i'm i'm not going to give up i've at least uh, another 25 years to look forward to do that. <laughs> to 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 get more followers on social media? No, no, no. To reach a critical mass <laughs> of personal and social transformation. So I don't believe you can have a social transformation in the absence of personal transformation. Mm-hmm. But right now, what my goal is to reach a billion people who are moving in the direction of wanting a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier, and joyful world. I hear you, and that's that's incredible. And and the and before we move on to taking questions from people, you you keep mentioning joy, and I'm just curious, how do you describe joy? How what does joy look like to you? What does it feel like to you? There's a fundamental difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is always for a reason. Joy is without reason. It is because you exist. So all I have to do is look at a baby or a child before they've been bamboozled by social constructs. And unless they're wet or they're hungry, when they say, ah, they're joyful. They're full of wonder. They're full of curiosity. They look at you, they smile. They want to look into your eyes. And that's what joy is. It's curiosity, wonder, surprise, and 
delight in every moment mm-hmm. for no reason whatsoever and that is our fundamental state of being before uh, we get uh, as i said bamboozled by the hypnosis of cultural and social and economic conditioning okay all right that's a lot to uh, think about process it's a return to innocence that's a good way to think about it are you ready for uh, questions from my listeners? Sure. That's what you're here for, right? If you <laughs> This first question came specifically addressed to you. Sarah writes, who do you go to when you need support and to seek guidance from? Who is your teacher and or mentor? What advice have they given you? So I started my journey um, in exploring reality by looking at every philosophical tradition in the world, starting from the prophets of the Old Testament to the sages of the East, to scientists like Einstein and Upanishads and great poets. Then I personally uh, actually had interactions uh, with Dalai Lama with an Indian guru of mine, Maharishi Maheshogi. I met uh, Nelson Mandela, had the fortune of meeting Bishop Tutu. But these days, I go to what I call my inner silence. That's it. And I feel that if we took the time to be still, that we don't actually need a guide. We know the answers at a very deep level. And they come from what we call the soul or the spirit, which is not the mind. The mind is the conditioning of the spirit, the conditioning of awareness. But, you know, as Rumi said, God's language is silence. Everything else is poor translation. I mean, did you have a mentor? Oh, yeah. I had a mentor for several years um, in the Indian tradition, a guru. Guru is a, a person who guides you into the path of wisdom And after he passed, he was about 90 when he passed, I decided the only guru I would listen to now was the stillness of my soul. All right. Well, Sarah, there you have it from Deepak himself. Deepak, let's take a break and then we'll return with more listener questions. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And we're back. Deepak, this next one has to do with home building. Jess writes, 
Dear Tig, I bought a house full of projects. Should I invest in an amazing laundry room or bathroom? Thanks for sharing your amazing real estate advice. I mean, what do you want, Jess? Where do you spend more of your time? Are you doing this for yourself? Are you wanting to show off to people? Do you want to show off, hey, come look at my extravagant laundry room? How often do you bring people into your laundry room? Or do you need a big laundry room? You have to decide what you need. I personally would put it more into a bathroom just because that's where I go and do my version of like getting into a hot bath and spending time alone. And I don't know if I'm at a place where Deepak Chopra is, where I can rely on my inner (laughs) thoughts and my quiet time, but that's where I would put money and time into a, a nice, comfortable, relaxing bathroom. How do you feel, Deepak? Well, I think the bathroom is uh, metaphorically a place for cleansing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I would support what you're saying. This is the place where I can cleanse myself. Yeah. Also, mentally and emotionally, a hot bath is not a bad idea for mental clarity as well. Just invest in the bathroom. That's what me and Deepak think, okay? And we are the duo that people go to, Tig and Deepak. All right. Deepak, this one comes to us from the confession booth. Welcome to the confession booth. The Don't Ask Tig confession booth features listeners sharing secrets they've never told anyone. In order for us to give them the advice, they're afraid to ask for. So today's confession was sent from Allie. Allie writes, I was sabotaged at work by a horrible person. So I sent her an anonymous glitter bomb. It wasn't as satisfying as I thought it would be because I couldn't be there for the main event lest I reveal myself. I don't even know if it worked. So my real question is, how screwed is my karma? Do you know what a glitter bomb is, Deepak? No, but tell me what it is, then I'll be able to. I can't imagine you spend your time dealing with glitter bombs on either side of them. I highly doubt many people are sending you glitter bombs. I think what it is is, and listen, I don't know what a glitter bomb is, but I asked somebody earlier, I think it's when somebody sends Somebody, maybe an envelope full of glitter or something that kind of, I don't know if it explodes, like it just makes glitter go everywhere. So it gets all in people's carpet and their hair and it's just an annoyance. So nobody sent you a glitter bomb, right, Deepak? Nobody, but I can see a question about karma. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, karma is very misunderstood by people. Karma is in the actual original language, means action, choices. So every action, every choice creates an effect. Mm -hmm. And karma is an echo from a choice you made in the past. So we can see the interaction between her and this person who was mean to her. The person was mean to her, so that created in her a reaction 
which she then diffused her own anxiety or her own stress by sending this person a glitter bomb which is not not it's an innocuous thing there's no karma attached to it um sure people some people had a good laugh and some people were annoyed and some people didn't like the the messing up of their clothes or their skin it's not a big deal i would say messing up she is not messing up her karma at all but the bigger question here is if somebody is mean to you it has nothing to do with you it has to do with themselves <laughs> you know people do are not mean to you because they just need an excuse to express their own selves and everybody has what we call shadows uh, embarrassing things about themselves uh, that they don't want other people to know that's the whole purpose of this whole confession thing and they feel relieved when they can share something with somebody who understands them in the past people used to go to priests and now they go to counselors who don't do anything except listen to you and you feel satisfied so i would say that anytime somebody is mean to you understand they're just expressing themselves they're projecting on you and the best response is good luck and not to participate in this so-called retribution because we all have shadows we all have the sacred and the profane the sinner and the saint and it's not a big deal to be full of contradiction and ambiguity and to be confused is the natural state of being human and it's better to be comfortable with both your good and bad self so called uh, the sinner and the saint they're merely exchanging notes the sinner has a past the saint has a past the sinner has a future so don't participate in this kind of thing just be joyful <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about all this well so let's say ali hears your advice and thinks okay i i realize that this person that was horrible to me that this is a reflection of how she feels about herself exactly about herself mm-hmm. and i sent this glitter bomb and now i'm hearing deepak chopra himself tell me to say good luck to her to this quote unquote horrible person how does ali actually move forward with working with this person does she make amends in some way or does she just let go from a distance or you know what really will free ally so you know uh, these days a lot of people talk about forgiveness and so yes they say i forgive you but that's kind of melodramatic forgiveness is not an act mm-hmm. of saying something or doing something forgiveness is just accepting the other person as they are and recognizing that they're doing the best they can from where they are in their own growth in their own spiritual growth so you don't forgive the person because you think they deserve forgiveness this person is never going to think that the other person deserves forgiveness you forgive them because you deserve peace and because you deserve peace you stop judging them and that's all forgiveness is and then you express your joy you express your presence on the other hand if you want to take something to the next level of communication you can practice something called nonviolent communication you can say to this person this was my observation you did this this is how i felt i felt humiliated or whatever and i'd like you to be more conscious in your actions with me 
And I will do the same. I will always ask myself, what are you observing? What are you feeling? What do you need? How can I help you? That diffuses almost every conflict. Mm -hmm. And it's a process called nonviolent communication. And there's a person who wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication. His name is Marshall Rosenberg. And he actually was very successful in situations like this, but even bigger situations where there was injustice, social injustice, gender injustice, racial injustice, mm -hmm. able to work through that through nonviolent communication or what we call conscious communication, which is definitely more elevated than sending a glitter bomb. <laughs> yeah. Ali, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Take it from Deepak. Good luck, Ali. Deepak, our final question is short and sweet. Anne writes, what are the best ways to goof around? For me, the best ways to goof around are being in exotic places that express natural beauty, like the Grand Canyon, or like a desolate desert by itself. Mm -hmm. uh, I take a week to two weeks off every year to goof around in silence with a few friends. And we don't even speak to each other. We just hang out in silence and enjoy the beauty of nature. And how long are you in silence goofing around? At least a week. And sometimes I do it twice a year. Once with other companions and once all by myself. So last time I went to the desert near Palm Springs all by myself for a week. Wow. Have you ever goofed around in silence with Oprah? I think she would have difficulty going in silence, going to Oprah. <laughs> I told Oprah if she married me, she could be Oprah Chopra, but that would not be a good combination. <laughs> Are you ever silly, Deepak? Like, aside from your silent goofing around? Are you ever, is anybody ever looking at you and pointing like, oh boy, there's Deepak being goofy again. I can be very silly, but I do it only with the kids because they would understand silliness. Adults are too serious for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I pay my mortgage with jokes and nonsense. Yeah, but you know that every joke is a contradiction. Every joke is a paradox. Every joke expresses human ambiguity. And if I have to explain a joke to you, then it's not a joke. But if you get the joke because you accept the contradiction of existence, then you're a good comedian. And that's the secret to your success, even though you don't know it. <sighs> so that's what it is. All right. And have fun goofing around. Deepak, it's time for our final segment. This one was brainstormed, especially for you. We're calling it Deepak Chopra versus Deep Fake Chopra. Deepak, did you know there's a Deepak Chopra quote generator online? I do, yeah, actually. And it doesn't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this segment, I'm going to read to you quotes pulled from the generator. Some are actual quotes, you said, and others are quotes randomly generated with words from statements you've written or said. Yeah. You have to tell me whether the quote is real or random. First one, instead of trying to fix the flux, flow with it. That's mine. Is that real? That's or mine. That's, mine. That's yeah. yours? Okay. 
Don't try to fix the You're flux. Correct. Flow with it. Yes. Rats are plants. That's not mine. <laughs> not only is that random, that's wrong. Awareness reflects mortal self-knowledge. It's not mine. It's stupid. <laughs> or as we say on this game, random. Break the barrier of ego and enter timelessness. Well, that's not exactly mine, but it is, rings true. If you go beyond mm -hmm. the uh, barrier of the ego, because I think of time as the continuity of memory, using the ego as an internal reference point. When you go beyond the ego, there's no time. You experience the timelessness of spirit. So the sentiment is right. Okay. Well, you're correct. It's real. The future is the foundation of your own brightness. The future is the foundation of your own? Brightness. Stupid. It's called random on this game. You call it stupid, we call it random. Okay, random. <laughs> the present moment is a conspiracy of the total universe. It's mine. It sure is. Deepak, how do you feel you performed versus the AI version of yourself? I have no performance anxiety, period. <laughs> do you ever get nervous? I did at the age of 14. Why? When? Uh, oh. Embarrassed about my adolescence and, you know. Uh -huh. But as an adult, you don't get nervous about anything. Total waste of energy. I don't really get nervous about things either. And people confuse that with not caring. And I do care. I care deeply about a lot of things. And they ask about stand-up. When I do stand-up, do I get nervous? And I don't get nervous. I look forward to the it. The reason you don't get nervous when you're doing stand-up is you're expressing your gift to the world. Yeah, but there's a lot of comedians that do still get nervous when they when they go to perform. Well, then they haven't graduated yet. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, in fact, somebody was asking me this morning, who would I get nervous to talk to or to meet? And I don't think there is anybody. I really don't. I could be wrong. Maybe somebody will surprise me. But... Um, Jake, that's true self-esteem. That's looking at yourself as you really are instead of looking at yourself through the self-image. I say you haven't confused yourself with yourself. So congratulations. <laughs> and congrats to you as well. But I just, I do get excited and I am happy about things and I, uh, I enjoy what I do, but I'm just not nervous. Good. So, Deepak, that's the end of this show. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thanks for having me. Is there anything that you would like to promote other than joy? Well, my next book is coming out, mm -hmm. and this is what it's called, Abundance, the Inner Path to Wealth. Also, I have a PBS special that will be running almost all 400 PBS stations. It's called Deepak Chopra, The Path to Enlightenment. Very arrogant, but I didn't lose the title. <laughs> Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to read your book and continue to follow what you do. Thank you very much. And once again, Tignotaro.com is where you'll get tickets to my Hello Again tour. Tignotaro.com. The tour is called Hello Again. So get your tickets right now.
Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Ouellette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lore. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark. Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. (laughs) 